everyone. It's Kira from KiraWilliamsFitness.com. And today we are talking to Catherine, a registered dietitian from NutriSense. And um, we are going to be talking today about balancing blood sugar and all of the benefits from doing that. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you so much for having me, Kira. I'm so excited to chat about all this. Yes. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners and tell everybody what you do and how you got started as a dietitian and what you do with NutriSense. Absolutely. So this is actually a second career for me. Um, I used to work in finance and eventually realized like, this is just not get me going in the morning. Uh, you know, I just realized that it wasn't where my passion uh, lay. And so I was lucky enough. I went back to school and I got my master's in nutrition education and I did my dietetic internship and really sort of did a 180 or, <laughs> you know, whatever degree it is uh, from, from finance and wore a bunch of different hats, you know, worked at a hospital, but ultimately I had private practice, but I ultimately realized I'd like to work in a group setting. And I'm really passionate about reaching a lot of people and found NutriSense and thought this is incredible. What they are doing is so awesome and exciting and really what I believe is truly the next step in nutrition education. Um, and so I found NutriSense and I've been working for them for about two and a half years now. I'm a nutrition manager and I've really seen the company grow exponentially since, since I started. So it's a really dynamic, wonderful place to work. And the reason I found out about Catherine, um, is because I actually was able to test out one of these continuous glucose monitors for about four or five weeks. And I had such a great experience with it. And I learned so much that I decided I needed to reach out to this brand and see who I could talk to, um, and have onto this podcast so we could talk about blood sugar management and all of its benefits. So, um, that's kind of where we, how we ended up on this podcast here today. Um, so what is a CGM or a continuous glucose monitor, Catherine? Sure. So when I was in school and, you know, when I was going through all my training, only, you know, a diabetic wore these devices. So we use the actual, the hardware, we call it the hardware. The actual sensor is made by Abbott Labs. And you might've seen their ads on TV. We use the Freestyle Libre, the 14 day sensor. And it's a little disc, maybe about the size of a quarter. And in the middle of it is a tiny little filament, a little, a little, uh, you know, little thing that, that actually pricks into you and sticks onto you. And that little sensor, um, is what's actually monitoring your glucose and it's continuously monitoring your glucose. So before this technology was developed, diabetics were sticking their fingers, you know, maybe you've gotten a finger prick at the doctor's office, or you've just been kind of interested. Maybe you've tried to you know, biohack yourself and bought one at the grocery or the you know drugstore and, and have taken a bunch of finger sticks. Well, you know, that's all well and good. If you want to prick your finger eight times a day before and after every meal and snacks and everything before bed, when you wake up, but that gets really tired, <laughs> tiring really quickly. Right. 
Um, so this continuous monitoring is such a game changer because you really, you see your data 24 seven without having to do anything. Frankly, I mean, I don't know about you, Kara. I, I forget when I have one on. I literally, I don't feel it. It's on the back of my arm. I go about my day. I, I don't even, I don't even remember that I'm wearing it until someone says, Hey, what's that on your arm? Um, so it's it's really non-invasive. And what it what we have created at NutriSense is an app uh, that you download and you scan your sensor and the data from the sensor gets downloaded into our app. And then that's where I think the magic happens. And we do all sorts of really cool um, metric analysis and trend analysis and all this stuff to really make that data make sense. And I'm going to kind of give a little bit of a testament as well right now to this information and technology, because um, I have years and years ago, I actually did the fingerprint testing um, and that's fine, but it gives you only a snapshot in time. And that's where I feel like the getting that 24 hour data is so beneficial because you have to, you, you do the, um, you scan it with your phone. How is it every eight hours? Yep. It stores data for up to eight hours. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's like typical sleeping hours, um, you know, getting eight hours of sleep a night. And so you can't, you're not going to wake up in the middle of the night to take, you know, a finger prick test to see what your blood sugar is in the middle of the night. And so, and nor are you going to do it in the middle of your busy day or, you know, in the middle of your workout or all of these times where it's incredibly inconvenient and not realistic to do it. So you don't just get that like screenshot in, of, of that one particular time. You're getting it over the course of a lot of time. And I feel like that is really beneficial and really helpful. I mean, right. What like. Totally, totally. And I think, you know, for, for a certain population, there's, you know, you, you want to be able to see, well, how did I do, you know, for women sort of how do I do at different parts of my cycle or for athletes, you know, like on off days versus on day, you know, like a rest day versus, uh, you know, a hit day versus, a um, you know, a steady state cardio day. Like you want to see how your body is responding at so many different parts of your life, you know, or just how am I doing when I go out you know, to dinner? How am I doing during a stressful work call? Like all of these things that you don't even think your body is responding to you are. And I like to compare the CGM I, th I think of it as like a window into your body. I'm like, who doesn't want to see what's happening inside your body real time? You know, you can see how stress is impacting you. You can see how food is, how sleep is, how, um, how exercise is. And I think it's just so fascinating. There's so many aha moments for people when they've, when they've done, um, you know, when they've worn a CGM and looked at that, at the data. Oh, and it was so insightful for me. You know, there was a day, so my husband and I, I, all right, I guess I should go back a little bit because all of this stuff, it's not like, well, what I ate at this moment, you know, impacted my blood sugar. It's like, yes, it did. But all of the other things that precipitated that particular bite of food that you had also contributes as well. So earlier in the day I had gone to CrossFit and I did, and I did a Metcon. It's hot outside. Um, I live in Florida. This is like back in, back in June. My husband and I go for a walk and I literally have a slice of pizza, probably about 300 calories worth of food. And it was pretty balanced. I mean, there was protein involved. There were carbs involved. There were fat involved. But then he and I started walking home and I got 
incredibly overheated. And then I like, I scanned my, my CGM later and I realized I was also having a blood sugar spike. Mm -hmm. So the cool thing about this technology too, for you guys is that you get linked up with a dietitian for a a period of your usage on this monitor. And so she and I were talking about it and I'm like, okay, it's possible that my blood sugar spiked from the pizza, but I have a feeling because I don't, I know, like, I know in my heart, I don't do well with heat. Um, and I felt very stressed out in that moment from the heat. I was like, I bet you that stress literally caused my blood sugar to spike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really fascinating getting the, getting, like you said, these snapshots like into your body and understand what's happening in your body. It's very fascinating. And I think, you know, some people might equate that like, oh, I had a low blood sugar moment. I felt kind of weird and hot and shaky. So then they would eat, you know, they would eat something thinking, quote unquote, it's a low blood sugar moment when actually you have the data showing, no, no, my, I was having a spike and I was, you know, so I think that that's super interesting. And, and to your point about the heat and exercise, we are so, um, we are so tuned into our hydration status. Sorry, our body is so keyed into our hydration status, but we aren't necessarily aware of it, right? So we will see a glucose increase when, even when you are mildly dehydrated. So it's, it's really interesting that that, like you said, can be a stressor on the system. Mm-hmm. And so the body you know, compensates for that. But I think that's really interesting too. In these summer months, people are like, wait, I didn't eat like a super high carbohydrate thing. What's going on here? And I had a workout, right? Some some of it could be dehydration. Some of it could be heat, all of that. Mm-hmm. I like to think mine personally is heat. And that's just proof that Florida doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work for me. <laughs> um, so when it comes to fat loss, particularly how can blood sugar management be helpful? Yeah. So that's a great question. And we get a lot of people that come to us, um, you know, wanting to use this. And I always emphasize that this is one tool you know, in your arsenal of things to help you with weight management. So um, there's lots of different ways to go about weight management, but I think the CGM can work in two different ways. So the first way is in that metabolic way. So we know that insulin resistance is linked with Uh, you know, being overweight, uh, obesity, that kind of stuff. So what's great about the um, using the CGM is that we can gauge that as a proxy for your insulin sensitivity, or maybe the reverse of that, which would be insulin resistance. And we know that when we aren't as sensitive to insulin, our body's not working right. When we have insulin resistance, the body isn't, it isn't responding as it should to the insulin that you are producing. And therefore, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll unpack that a little bit more if you don't mind, but in case your audience doesn't quite understand, we like to use glucose and insulin, like a lock and a key kind of metaphor or, or visual, if you can. So, you know, you take in a carbohydrate, the body breaks it down into the most basic building blocks of glucose. And then the glucose enters your bloodstream and it starts to float around. And it's like, what can I do? Where can I go? Put me in coach, you know? And so the body produces insulin. Insulin is a hormone and insulin is the key that unlocks the cell that allows the glucose to enter and to be utilized for whatever the body processes are. Right. So that's when everything's working well, the body senses the carbohydrate coming in and produces 
the equivalent amount of insulin. The cells recognize it. They're sick. Come on in. And so the glucose goes in and you use it up and everything's working great, right? When it's not working great, when the cells are not sensitive to the insulin, the glucose is floating around, floating around, floating around. Insulin's an anabolic hormone. It's going to store it as fat, right? So when we have that insulin resistance, it can be related to that insul- uh, the, the, um, a deposition of fat. And so that's one of the ways that a CGM can help be helpful. Sometimes you might put one on and say, oh my gosh, my glucose levels are great. I don't see any type of signs of insulin resistance. And that's where it can be helpful as a, as a behavior change and accountability tool, right? And it also helps you see how those other parts of your life might be influencing your weight management, right? How is stress impacting your life? How is sleep impacting your life? Because as you know, those are two major parts of weight, right? In terms of um, making sure that you're at a great weight, you need to be getting adequate sleep. You need to be um, managing your stress in the right way. So you can see how that is impacting your glucose levels, um, as well as your nutrition, of course, and your physical activity. But you can start to make those positive behavior changes in those areas that can help sort of get you out of that rut or you know get you beyond the plateau wherever you are in your weight loss journey. Okay. So it sounds like, I mean, this is very like insulin is a, I mean, it's a hormone. Every hormone has a huge role in the body, but insulin plays a really, really big one. Absolutely. Yep. And so many things impact insulin. I mean, anything from, you know, like you said, our stress levels to the things that we're eating to our activities in our day. Like all of these things are impacting our insulin levels, but like, I know this is a really big question and, you know, insulin, insulin plays a huge role in a lot of things. Like what other processes of our body can be, can insulin impact? Uh, well, I, I, you know, when you kind of look at the whole endocrine system, right, you can look at your sex hormones and, and, and those kinds of hormones. You can also look at like, we get a lot of people that have, um, autoimmune issues, you know, perhaps they've had a recent thyroid, uh, diagnosis or some people with some gut health issues and all of that, you know, if something's out of whack in your endocrine system, out of whack is a technical term, Um, (laughs) but if something is not, you know, working right, the endocrine system, it's in such a, it's all in such a delicate balance, right? So that when something goes out of whack, say in your, um, you know, autoimmune and you you're getting this, you know, inflammation and you're getting these flares and something like that, absolutely. That's going to impact other hormones that, uh, that your body is producing. And perhaps you're not, you know, you've got this chronic inflammation, your body, you know, your body might be producing more levels of insulin in order to manage that. And, and you're, you're just going to see a general, um, you know, something's not going to look right in your data. We also see it when people have had, um, you know, COVID or illnesses and stuff like that, you know, when the body's in that kind of, uh, you know, under siege kind of, you know, a uh, state of, of inflammation, you're going to see higher levels of glucose, either a higher fasting level or just sort of higher swings, depending on what's going on. And on top of that, if you're not sleeping, that's going to throw everything off as well. Cause sleep resets all those hormones. It helps bring the body back, you know, back down to baseline sleep kind of gets rid of the garbage, you know, it kind of cleans everything out. And if you're not, if you're not getting that great rest, you're going to start each day kind of at a deficit. 
And this is all information that you can take with you to like, if you are seeing an endocrinologist, if you are seeing, you know, you're starting your path and or your journey into trying to figure out, you know, potential bigger issues. Like if you believe that you have autoimmune an autoimmune condition or something like that, you can take this information and show show that to the, your team of doctors, basically. And NutriSense can kind of be part of that team, right? Absolutely. I think it's so great. I think some of the best success stories we've had are when um, our members are sharing this data with their physicians, either a primary care or, you know, someone else that they're working with, you know, functional doctors, whatever. Um, like they love seeing this, right? I mean, they want to see the trends. They want to see what your fasting glucose is looking like over a two week period, over a four week period, right? They want to see what's, you know, what changes you've made and how that's impacted what's going on, not just nutritional changes, but, you know, stress, uh, you know, stress management changes, that kind of stuff. They love seeing this kind of progress. And you know, we, I really think so many of our success stories are when the member is sharing that data with someone else. So going, I'm going to kind of go into a little bit of like the things that I experienced, um, because I only have my own experience to really share. Um, although you might have other experiences to share, Catherine, that you've seen with other people who have used this. But one of the things that always happened with me is that towards the end of a workout that I was doing, whether it was just a strength training workout, um, I think it actually happened in a power yoga class at least once. And then it definitely happened when I was doing, when I was going to CrossFit classes and doing Metcons, um, towards the end of a workout, I would get a spike and, um, you know, it was definitely from like physical mental stress, but, um, are spikes a bad thing? That's such a good question. We get that so many times people are like, just show me what I'm supposed to look like. Like, (laughs) just tell me what this is supposed to look like. Right. Right. Um, And sometimes my, it would come back and, you know, it's like you get when you're for you guys listening, you, there's like a graph and it kind of like gives you a range. Like this is like your good range. And then like, anytime it would go above, I was like, Oh crap. Like, is this bad? (laughs) I I don't know. It's like all of a sudden it goes from green to red and I'm like, Oh, I, I, so yeah. Is that, is it a bad thing? Absolutely not. So first and foremost, I always say we're not looking for a flat line, right? Some people really love to aim for that flat, flat, flat line, you know, no blips. And I'm like, you know, if you generally they're of like sort of the the carnivore, I mean, they're really not taking in any type of carbohydrate, but in general, in life, we do not expect a flat line. We expect normal peaks. And, and I always like to compare it to gentle ocean waves, right? We, we, that's just how, how your body should work. And that's completely normal. We don't want tsunamis, right? We don't want big, big, huge, you know, uh, a rise and then a crashing fall that can lead to really, I don't know if you ever saw it, but it, it can definitely make you feel pretty crummy afterwards. Either it's from a, you know, it could be your, your spike from the heat. It could be your spike from food. It could be a spike from um, exercise, but anytime it's really sort of the velocity of the drop, anytime that you're raising your glucose up a significant amount, it has to come back down. And that, that coming back down can generally not feel so great. Um, so that's, that's really what we're looking for. Plus we just don't want, um, you know, we, we don't want the body to be, um, 
I would say maybe exposed to it for that long. So as you know, on our app, we have lots of different metrics, right? We have the Delta, we have the, you know, coming back to baseline numbers. So all of that, I won't get too granular because it's, it's better when you're actually looking at it, but we have a lot of different ways to assess your glucose values. And in general, we just want those gentle ocean waves. Um, and like I said, they can happen because of food, they can happen because of stress and they can happen because of exercise. And like you said, you were doing a pretty intense workout. And so we will see a glucose rise from an intense workout if the body doesn't have enough fuel to like already from maybe a, a prior meal or snack, um, some exogenous glucose, it doesn't have enough of that to fuel your workout. So it will pull some out of storage and release it into your bloodstream to, in order for you to fuel your workout and to get through it. So it's not a bad thing, um, right? They're very common, especially when you're doing like a high intensity anaerobic um, type of workout, which it sounds like you were doing. Um, but generally after every workout, whether it's steady state um, or something like that, you will see a decline in glucose throughout the rest of your day. And then is it bad since we've talked about spikes is, is it bad to have, um, like a drop or low blood sugar? Yeah. So I think that goes two ways. So sometimes you'll see it at night and that can just be like pressure on the sensor. It's a, it's a pressure dip. Um, it's just because you're leaning on the sensor while you're sleeping and then you roll over and everything's fine. Um, if you find that you're waking up from those and you are feeling some of the physical symptoms of a hypoglycemia, or again, it, during the day, if, if that, those crashes are leading to, you know, um, you know, maybe even sweatiness, nausea, fatigue, hanger, I mean, all that, all those sort of awful feelings, then we really want to try to minimize the drop, right? And therefore we need to minimize the spike. And so spikes, I guess we can sort of, you know, spike can have a pejorative uh, uh, a meaning to it. So it's more of like an increase, right? Increases aren't bad. We just want to avoid really high highs and really low lows because it just doesn't feel that great. Okay. So that explains something because I kept getting low blood sugar. Like it was a regular thing for me at night. And the, the girl who I was assigned to, um, the dietitian I was assigned to asked me how I felt. And I was like, I feel completely fine and completely normal. And there were nights that it didn't happen. And there were nights that it did happen. And there was zero correlation to anything. And that's super interesting that it was, could have been from actual like pressure just mm -hmm. from where it was in my arm. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, man, I get really low blood sugar at night. So, <laughs> okay, cool. Good to know. <laughs> um, so do we want to work to prevent spikes or, you know, like you said, like ocean waves are good, but if spikes, you know, aren't great and super low drops aren't really great, what can we do to prevent both of those? Totally. That's, I mean, that's really the name of the game. And what, what we like to emphasize a lot is it's N equals one. And when we say N equals one, that means that you are your own experiment, right? So we have a lot of different things that, you know, a lot of 
tricks up our sleeve or hacks, if you will, or just, just interesting things to experiment with. But, um, you know, everyone's life and everyone's body composition is different. And so what's wonderful about this is that you are the experiment. It's N equals one. So you get to see what is going to work best for you. And if you are tending to have a higher spike at lunchtime, well, let's think about some ways to minimize that. First, we can look at what you're eating. We can look at when you're eating. Are you fasting and you're breaking your fast at lunch? Okay, let's let's explore that. How are you breaking your fast at lunch? Um, you know, are you only having coffee in the morning and then and then lunch? Are you sitting at your desk afterwards? Can you get up and move around a little bit after you eat? Um, you know, could you take some berberine or apple cider vinegar? Again, they, they don't work for everyone, but you can try all of these things out. And then what we like to do is we like to say, like, you get to optimize you, you get to optimize your lifestyle. Maybe you always have a, a meeting after lunch that you get stressed out about. Okay. So let's figure out a way for you to lower that stress, manage it, do something to, to put you in a better mindset going into it. Um, all of those things are so fascinating and you wouldn't know that unless you were wearing the CGM and looking at the data. Okay. And so do you have, well, any specific like dietary practices that might promote more balance or mm -hmm. um, that you can get into? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, we like to always test out if we're going to look at food, um, you know, if we're trying to minimize a spike around a meal, uh, we can, so we can start by looking at the composition of the meal and not that we are anti-carb at all, but you can maybe change the order in which you're eating your macros, right? And you can start with your protein and then have vegetable and fat, healthy fats, and then have any carbohydrates at last. I had, I had a member a while ago who always went out with um, her husband for a date night and they love to go out to eat. And she what she just basically changed around the way she was eating and that she would have the chips and salsa actually last in her meal. And it made such a huge difference in her glucose. She was like, what? And then she and her husband would go for a walk afterwards. And they had never done that before. And it's not that she didn't get to spend time with her husband. It's not that she didn't get to go out to dinner afterwards, but she just made a few small changes so that she could optimize that meal that she loved having with her husband. So it's, it's, small things like that, that you can implement and see, you know, what works for your lifestyle, obviously, um, and then how your body responds to it in the best way. So we can look at the order in which you're eating. We can implement some movement after a meal. Um, you can think about the stress around your eating. Are you eating super quickly, standing up, rushing around, you know, are you sitting, in your car and eating, and then you're just, you know, not moving at all. Um, so we can find some ways to, to better manage the meal by lowering your stress, increasing your movement and emphasizing protein and fiber and healthy fats. When I was doing this, I, this is where I started doing a lot of experimentation. Um, and I want to share it with you guys. So my lunch is almost always pretty similar. So every day I like chop up a ton of vegetables, like peppers, eggplant, okra, kale. I mean, like any vegetable. And then I'll do, I always do jasmine rice or basmati rice. And I always have a pretty significant, like somewhere around six to seven ounces of, um, chicken sausage. 
as well as ground turkey breast. And then I also cook all of that in olive oil. So it's a pretty well-rounded meal with plenty of protein, plenty of fiber, healthy fat. And then I've got the carbohydrates as well. And my body, because of the way that I train, like I have to have carbs. Um, and so I was like getting spikes, um, after I would eat the amount of food that I was eating, it's, it's a pretty good size meal. So what I started doing, I did a few different things. At one point I didn't change anything except for I swapped the rice out for sweet potato. And then I made sure it was still, you know, I I don't remember exactly, maybe like 45 grams of carbohydrate. I still made sure that I was getting 45 grams of carbohydrates, but from a different source, that source being sweet potato. And I tried that and I saw no difference. So I didn't really think I did that for a week. So I don't necessarily attribute it to it being rice. Um, So what I did from there was I started breaking that meal up into two smaller meals and I had them separated by about an hour, one to two hours. And that was actually the biggest, that's what I got the change from was just because the simply the amount of food I was sitting, like eating in one sitting was playing such a huge role in my body. Totally. Totally. Sometimes you're just overloading the system and the system's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. you know, like, oh my gosh, I'm getting all this at once. Like better, you know, better send out all the, all the insulin, like the, you know, the whole thing. And, and you know, hopefully it wasn't the first meal that you were eating, um, of the day, but it, it can be, you know, especially if you, if you've worked out without properly fueling beforehand, you know, it can cause the body to, to change it up. And then as you probably also saw was the timing post-workout really matters because if you're sitting down to a pretty big meal kind of before the body has settled back down from the workout, you can actually kind of get like a rebound spike from it. And then you're like, wait, what's going on with my workout? What's going on with my meal? So, so that's also really helpful is that you, you can't, you want, you want to be able to see your body uh, come back down after your uh, workout and then provide the proper refueling. And I mean, all of that was really interesting too. And I, and I wish that when I was doing, um, when I was using the CGM, um, at one point in my training, I was really all about just like maximizing my recovery as I was training, um, in like weightlifting competitively. And Mm -hmm. so in effort to really maximize my recovery, I would intentionally spike my blood sugar, um, with, oat milk. So very high sugar, very fast digesting. Um, and I would put that with protein powder. Um, and so, but I never did it when I was using the CGM because that was only, that was just a tool that I was using for a very brief period. Um, and not a tool that I wanted to use like for lifestyle. So I never tested that out, but I'd be curious to see, like, what do you think would happen with that? Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's interesting because I think it would depend on the workout. Like you'd be giving your body some quick fuel. Um, so maybe your glucose wouldn't necessarily have spiked as much because it didn't need to pull any out of storage. 
right? Um, but it is interesting when we look at endurance athletes, um, it's, it's all really interesting depending on what they are taking in. It could be like a, a gel, a gum, you know, something like that. It depends on what time in their workout, you know, for, for those longer workouts that they're taking it in. So, so much of it is timing, right? How, how quickly before your workout, are you taking in the carbohydrate? What kind of workout you're doing? What, uh, duration of exercise you're doing. And then when are you, when are you doing your refueling afterwards? So, you know, it's not, I, I like to, I like to say, it's not really a science, it's an art because everyone is so different. Um, and kind of how their body responds to it is so different, but when it comes to athletes, so much of it is just seeing what your gut can tolerate, what your body tolerates. Um, and a lot of it is just the duration of what you're doing. And so all of this is really interesting. You know, we get all of this data, but just because we have the data doesn't mean that we stop listening to our bodies. Um, I'm a huge proponent for biofeedback and I don't, these two can, can coexist, right? A thousand percent. We even have in the app, one of my favorite things is that you can add a journal entry. You can add a measurement of stress. You can add a measurement of, you know, like, oh, I feel crummy right now, or I have so much energy, or I slept terribly. You know, like it's listening to your body and overlaying that on top of the data. I think that is the biggest motivator when it comes to, to tracking and changing your behavior, right? You have the hard evidence, you have the data, and you're listening to your body. Let's make it go, right? Yep. Let's, I mean, they can coexist. They can, the more data we can have, that's fantastic. But like, we have to also remember that if we listen to our body, we can trust ourselves and our body will guide us as well. Right. So we've talked a little bit about, you know, how this helps people with fat loss, but, you know, are there any other populations that can really benefit from using this product? Yeah. I mean, I like to think everyone can, but that's me wearing my sales and marketing hat. Um, I I will say truly uh, we get all kinds of people uh, using this device. So you don't necessarily have to have a pre-diabetes or a a diabetic diagnosis. We get um, women that are going through perimenopause or, you know, going through menopause. Um, We get people with all sorts of autoimmune issues. As we mentioned before, we get athletes, we get men, women. I mean, it's, it can be really just fascinating to see how this data applies uh, to your life. You know, it used to be this kind of biohackery thing, like, Oh, you're a biohacker. You're wearing, you're doing, you're having, you're, you're, you're doing a wearable kind of thing, but now it's just become so mainstream that this is, I think as ubiquitous as like tracking your calories or something, but you're getting so much more data and so much more accountability and motivation through it. And like you said, you get a dietitian, you get someone helping you, guiding you through that first month. And that's what really separates us from our competitors is that you have someone saying, okay, I've looked at thousands of hours of data. I've worked with hundreds of members. Like, let me point some things out to you that maybe you're not seeing. Um, and you know, let me show you some, some tips and some tricks that have worked for lots of people. Let me help you brainstorm some different experiments that might be really helpful for you. Um, so that's what I think is, is really one of our most amazing qualities is having that uh, expert and that person guide you through that first month. 
I completely agree. Having that second set of eyes is just so helpful. Um, and I know it really certainly was for me, you know, cause I like to think I know a lot about this stuff, but you know, I definitely don't know everything. And so having her help was really, really beneficial for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get so many people in the health profession, nurses, doctors, um, you know, trainers, all the, and everyone's like, well, I I thought I knew, you know, what was, (laughs) I thought I knew something about this, but it it really opens up so many other applications of it. So uh, I think it's helpful for everyone. So um, just before we hop off, um, for those of you guys listening, um, I do have an opportunity for you guys to be able to get one of these um, continuous glucose monitors um, at a bit of a discounted rate. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about doing this, definitely reach out to me. Um, I am more than happy to share with you the discount that I have um, to work with NutriSense. But um, Catherine, when somebody, you know, when they first sign up, they they pay, um, and they actually get their CGM, like what do they have to do? Like how it's a simple process in my opinion, but can you just kind of like walk people through it really quickly? Sure. Absolutely. So first I encourage everyone to go to our website, www.nutrisense.io because we have an amazing blog called the journal on it. And it just, it's like all these amazing evidence-based articles. And it just shows how applicable the CGM is to so many health goals. So if you're on the fence, you're not totally sure, I definitely encourage you to go to our website and check it out and learn more about, um, you know, how the, the evidence showing how this can be super beneficial. But once you go through the process, um, you can sign up for a one month, three, six, or 12 month plan. And the sensors last for 14 days. So you would wear two sensors um, for per month and they get sent to you monthly. Um, and that first month, like I said, is um, you get a complimentary dietitian support and you can sign up for extra support after that. But um, once you get the sensor and you ship to you in the mail, you um, apply it to the back of your arm and then you activate your account, your nutritionist will reach out to you within the next 24 hours and there you go. You're, you're kind of, you know, you're off to the races, but what I also love is that we have our members fill out a, a pretty detailed, but not super lengthy questionnaire so that we can really get a sense for where you are right now, medications, or, you know, just, just really trying to get a, a, a sense of where you are and what your health goals are. Cause that's really what our goal is, is to help you optimize your health potential. Yes. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on, Catherine. Thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else that you feel like needs to be added that we haven't gone over? No, I think we touched on everything. I really appreciate you having me and taking the time to talk about NutriSense. Of course. And thank you guys so much for listening. And like I said, um, you can reach out to myself. Um, you can reach out to the fantastic team at NutriSense via their website. And we are more than happy to answer any questions for you and uh, help you get started on your journey. So thank you guys for listening. And thank you again so much, Catherine, for being on. Thanks, Kira. I appreciate it. Yes. Have a great day.